We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you haven't noticed, Pastor Kent is gone. He's down in Arkansas, Arkansas, with family. So that's exciting. But I have the honor of introducing our guest speaker this morning. He's not really a guest because he leads our youth each and every week, each and every day. Give it up for our very own Dante. I don't know who made that logo, Aaron. That looked cool. Um, well, I'm kind of disappointed. I don't see Brian Duber here, and he laughed at all my jokes last time. So, um, Matt, you're up. So first thing, I was, I was preparing for this lesson, and I went to Dunbros because that's my sermon writing place. I would love for someone to explain to me why you are guaranteed to meet a Christian at a coffee shop. Any coffee shop you go to, guaranteed to get a Christian. More often than getting your order right. <laughs> so I left this because I feel like I could speak on it for weeks, and there's a lot of points I would like to touch on. So take lots of notes, and um, just bear with me as I kind of jump around in some spots. So I'm going to require some participation for this next part. Some of you... <laughs> You detail-oriented people are better than others at noticing distinctions between things a little more quickly than others, uh, but we're all capable of identifying things that are different, unique, or don't belong. So how many of you do you feel like this relates to you? And I just need a hand raised. Thank you. So I have a few questions, and you're going to raise your hand. We'll see. So if you can identify your favorite songs from one-second audio clips, raise your hand. Are you great at the spot the difference game where you compare two pictures that are almost the same but they're not? Parker, I required participation from you. Come on, man. Uh, can you always notice distinct smells of the rooms you walk into, and do you always let people know when they smell weird? <laughs> are you really particular about textures? So when you find the perfect t-shirt or pair of socks, you never go back. Right? You have to, my, my shirt's like really soft, and if I have one of them rough, itchy ones, it's not good. Lastly, you're a pizza connoisseur, and you know which store-bought pizza is obviously the best. So Ellie says that Jack's is obviously the best pizza you can buy from the store. Uh, they all taste pretty much the same. So maybe I'm not one of those people. So the official definition of distinct is when somebody is recognizably different or distinguishable, something is recognizably different or distinguishable by the senses. We use our senses and brains to determine when something is a little different from everything else. So this is a rhetorical question, but would you rather blend in or stand out? I'd say for a lot of people, they'd like to blend in and not have people's eyes on them. So like when Matt was giving me the introduction, I would much rather you guys not look at me while I'm walking up here. <laughs> um, so think about this. What does it mean to be a Christian? What makes you different from your non-Christian neighbor? What sets you apart or what makes you distinct? So this is one of the series we're going to be running through in youth group. So you get a little preview of what we're going to be talking about later this year. And it's a series on identity. 
So if you're someone who likes to blend in, chances are you didn't volunteer to answer one of the four or five questions that I had and you kept your hand down so nobody looked at you. And that's okay. We're all unique and that uniqueness is beautiful. We're not meant to be the same. Um, even if you don't love it when people notice, you're unique. But if we're honest, those questions that I asked you, um, the question of would you rather blend in or stand out aren't always easy to answer. If we're honest, um, in some way, we all want to do both things, right? You want to blend in, but then you want to stand out and be your own person. I know I do. So we all want to be different and unique to some degree. We want to, or should want to, for us as Christians, contribute something to this world that no one else can. We want our lives to mean something. But at the exact same time, we all want to blend in, no matter how loud, weird, or countercultural we want to be, we want to fit in, right? We want to be accepted, maybe not by everyone, but at least by certain people, whether that's our friends or a certain group at school or a group of people at work. Um, has anyone in here heard of Propaganda? He's like a spoken word Christian artist. He has a song called It's Complicated, and he's super poetic, and I love it. He says, you are the complete and perfect works of a perfect and eternal poet laureate with a laundry list of identity issues, and sometimes your plumbing doesn't match your urges. Later on, he goes to say, you are rightful heirs to not just a kingdom, but a universe. And just those lines right there, we, we need to act like that. I feel like we as Christians, including myself a lot of time, forget like we are the heirs of this entire universe, um, complete and perfect, and no matter our uniqueness or how we stand out, God created us that, that way for a reason. So my first point I wrote down is be unique, and it's kind of cheesy because I wrote Y-O-U, so be unique. Think about that if you want to write that one down. So how do we balance these things? Is it possible to blend in and stand out? Yay, nay. Hands raised if you think yes. Hands raised if you think no. Hands raised if you're not comfortable answering. <laughs> so if so, how can we be unique and accepted? When I was driving here, I was trying to think, well, how am I going to tie stuff into this? And I thought of my ministry voice. So on top of pretty much every lesson that I'm writing, whether I'm teaching in youth group or I'm talking here, um, I write, what's your ministry voice? And that's a personal note for me, like, how am, how am I teaching people? And am I trying to teach people like some mega church pastor is going to teach you? Or am I too shy to use the gifts that God has given me to speak? So what's my voice and how am I going to stand out and be unique but also blend in like I want to because I don't want to be different all the time? So I was thinking, so I'm going to call on some of the staff. So like I'm thinking, what's, how can you be unique and accepted and use your own ministry voice? So for Matt, I think Matt's ministry voice is intellectual and emotional. Bobby's is energetic and uplifting. David Pierce has been here before. Some of you may remember him, the old dude with dreads. If you're watching, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he, he has more of a ministry yell, not really a voice, but it's like a yell. Um, you guys probably know who Stephen Furtick is. He's really got to yell. Like, he's just going to yell the entire time. We won't talk any more about that. But for me, sometimes I feel like I still haven't found mine. And so I'll get done with a lesson or a message that I'm giving, and I'm saying, okay, well, I just... 
kind of blended in there. I didn't really want people to laugh at me or think I'm getting too into it. And so I just forget about the question that I wrote on the top of my message, which is, what is your ministry voice? Um, and that's something I feel like we all have, whether you're in ministry specifically or just in your normal day-to-day jobs in the office. You, everyone has a ministry voice as Christians. And so second, I thought of worshiping in your own unique way. You're not worshiping for the person next to you, right? You're worshiping for God. And so for me, it took a long time, even to now sometimes, where I'm just like, uh, maybe I don't want to get on my knees or lift my hands because what's Parker over there going to think of me when I do that? But then I see Parker over there get on his knees and put his face on the ground. I'm like, well, I guess he doesn't care. You're worshiping for God and not the person next to you. And so I'm thinking, I read something about that, and I was like, where's the Bible verse? So I looked it up, and um, a whole bunch of Bible verses came up. And this was on my way here to church. I was at a red light when I looked this up, so don't worry about that. (laughs) So um, 1 Chronicles 16.29 says, Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 5-7 says, but as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. And Matthew 8-2 says, and behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So these things all have one thing in common, an unashamed, all-out form of worship. Different people, different scenarios, even different times within the Bible but be distinct in your own worship, but also in your conversations and every other aspect of life. Stand out. Don't worry about blending in and what people are going to think of you. But as Christians, let's be distinct and let someone know, like, let God be that thing that people notice about you, even if they can't put their finger on it. And that includes worship here when you're at church, whether it does come to lifting your hands or dancing around. I know when Ellie and I were at Crown, there was this lady there, um, And she would be out there and during worship and she'd go down basically in front of the stage and she'd be like dancing and everything. There's sometimes where she's straight up like shadow boxing. And like, that that was her form of worship, so whatever worked. Maybe she was fighting Satan, I don't know. Um, But this whole topic, being distinct, has been on my heart for a while now. And I I just keep coming back to it, no matter what lessons I'm teaching or what I'm reading in the Word, it's just being distinct. Um, And so the question I ask myself is, how do I act and how do people know that I am a Christian? I like to say now, I have a good grasp on what it means to be a Christian, and I'm still never going to understand it fully, but I understand it better than I did four or five years ago. And so a story that came to my mind and that stuck with me is, so for those of you who don't know, I have three older brothers and a younger sister, but When I was in college studying to be a youth pastor, and I've talked about this before, I would go out and party with my friends and just get drunk, which is very counterproductive, but we'll talk about that another time. So I would go out and party with my friends, and for some reason, I would always just call one of my older brothers when I was not of sober mind. And I don't remember anything from the conversations that we have, except while we are talking, he... um, and side note, he's not a believer. He's not a Christian. Just the, the best thing that I have understood that he believes about 
Christianity and Jesus is, was that he was a solid dude who was a martyr for his faith. And so based on that belief and like my understanding of what he knows, and then so I'm talking to my brother and just saying things I shouldn't be saying and just like using language that is not beneficial to anyone. And he stops me and he says, would Jesus say that? <laughs> and first of all, that's a kick in the butt if anyone asks you, would Jesus say that? But when it's your older brother who is openly not a Christian, not a believer, and he's asked you, would Jesus say that? And it was more serious than sarcastic because he knows that I'm a believer in um, the faith that I have. And so that was just a real kick in the butt. If I'm a Christian and I'm standing out for the wrong reasons, how is that supposed to rub off or change the heart of my older brother who doesn't believe? And so Galatians 5, through 23, you guys, most of you probably have this memorized. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I feel like I work really hard to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in my day-to-day life. Patience, I have like negative 10% of that, so I'm working on that. Um, I have zero patience. Um, so I ask myself, do I demonstrate this? Sometimes, yeah. So that's something for you to ask yourself. Do you demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit? And then are you distinct enough so that people, they can't necessarily put their finger on it, but it's God that is the difference in your life. So I have a, I like telling stories. So I have a really good friend of mine. And he, so Ellie and I were talking to him one time. We just asked him, well, are you Christian? Do you believe in God? And it's like, I've known him for a long time, and we have these conversations every once in a while, but the answers change sometimes. So I said, are you a Christian? Do you believe in He's like, well, I believe in God, yeah, but if people ask me or I'm somewhere, I just tell them I'm not a Christian. And so we ask him why. And so he, he really loves to party, and he likes to go out and do his thing and live his nightlife on the weekends and whatever that looks like. And he told me, he said, yeah, I believe in God, but it's so much easier for me to tell people that I'm not a Christian than try to explain how I'm living in relation to the faith that I have. And on one hand, it makes me so sad knowing that my friend knows what's good, yet he's choosing to stay away from that. But at the same time, I admire it because he's not being just another hypocrite that people call Christians out for being. So Revelation 3:15 and 16 says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. It'd be better if you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's God speaking. And so I like, so my friend, as much as it's upsetting, like he's over there, he's being cold and he acknowledges he's cold. But at least he's not trying to be a Christian who's covering it up with He's covering up hypocrisy with his faith. Does that make sense? So, again, I admire that, and it is also sad at the same time, but he is at least not living distinctly in a way so people are like, you're a Christian, but you're doing all this. So I wouldn't say it's a negative way. Um, So second, if you want to write this one down, consider before consuming. Some of you probably heard of Fight the New Drug, that is a website specifically based 
to talk about porn and sex trafficking and all that. But one of their slogans is consider before consuming, and that relates to every aspect of our lives. While that's not a Christian website, I think a lot of the stuff relates. So it says, so thinking about what you consume, music, which can affect your brain, music, uh, movies you consume when you watch affects your brain, Rela things you do in your relationships, what you're consuming within those relationships affect your brain, porn affects your brain, and not only do all of these affect your brain, but they also affect your relationship with Jesus, even though you may not see it right away. So think about music you listen to. If you're out there listening to Biggie Smalls, chances are your language is going to be affected. If you're out there watching Game of Thrones, what you're thinking about later on is going to be effective, uh, affected. And so I'm thinking about how am I supposed to tie all of this into being distinct and standing out as Christians? What were we supposed to look like? And um, heard on the radio, uh, they were talking about Christians and um, what, people, what they want people to know about Christians. And someone said, as Christians, we aren't perfect. As long as we're here on this earth, we're never going to be perfect. Okay? But it's important to note that Christians are allowed to have an off day. We as Christians can have an off day. Not a day off. Don't just tune out the world and do nothing. Not a day off, but an off day. Sometimes you're not going to be perfect. Like Charlie said, sometimes you're going to snap at your kid. Sometimes maybe you'll snap at a coworker or, I don't know, say something you shouldn't have. So as I'm going through this, I'm thinking, what does the word Christian mean? And Ellie and I go back and forth on this all the time. She's like, well, they're not a Christian because we're talking, well, do you think they're a Christian? Well, I think so. Well, what does Christian mean? If they're not demonstrating, like, Christian means little Christ, then are they a Christian? And so it's, it's difficult to have that back and forth. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to look up what Christian means. And so when I found that it didn't say little Christ on one website, I, like, I went back to Ellie. I was like, I told you. So, <laughs> so on the website I looked at, it suited what I was looking for. It said, Christian is a follower of Christ. The Greek word Christianos, meaning follower of Christ, comes from Christos, meaning the anointed one. And so I go home and tell Ellie, I was like, see, I told you, it doesn't mean little Christ. And, but then she's like, okay, well, what, the, what does a follower do? And I'm like, okay, the same thing. Oh, hello? There we go. The same thing a little Christ does. Like, you follow and you want to be like him. So she's like, you see? So <laughs> she got me again. John 13 34 says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Okay, so as followers of Christ or little Christ Christians, our, our purpose out here is to love God and love other people. Love your neighbor as yourself. So that's my third point is love people. So again, when Jesus says, by this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Because we know, God knows our hearts and we know our hearts. We know that we love God. But then how are people going to see that if I'm over here, I say, I love God, but then I want to go punch some dude in the face. Sometimes it happens. I want to, but no, I don't. Um, so a story that came to mind is actually another friend of mine, but... We've had a lot of 
conversations just about faith and like where we were pre-God, where we were as we were growing with God and like where we are now. And just remember that I said Christians are allowed to have an off day. But how, like there's certain things that are just, that can just derail someone for good or for a long time. Um, so in this instance, we had a soccer game, and no, it wasn't Daniel, so don't worry about that. But we had a soccer game, and <clears throat> this certain person got fouled, and it happens. You guys watch for all the time. Uh, some of you may, but people get fouled. And so instead of getting up and it's like, okay, I got fouled, we get the free kick, this guy wants to get up and stomp on the dude's leg that just fouled him and then walk away. And it didn't end there. Then he wants to start trying to fight him. I'm like, what is going on here? For, I'd say for any regular person, I'd be like, bro, you're crazy. You got to stop. But then for me, knowing that he is a Christian and what he does, like going out and talking to people about Jesus, that really upset me. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, who do you represent? And so you're out here, like, you're out here playing soccer for, what, 90 minutes a week? The other hours on end of your week are dedicated to Jesus, and then you go and do this. And so that's where he was distinct, but not in the good way. And so you guys have probably heard this, but what's the greatest commandment? That's where I want participants. And then the second is like it. So Matthew 22, 34 and 40 through 40 says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all law, all the law and the prophets. So just remember that even with little things, even 90 minutes out of your day, even a five-second decision can set you apart as distinct for the wrong reason. Maybe people know you're a Christian and like, oh, that guy really stands out for the wrong way. So just be, dis we need to be better and there are standards as Christians that we need to meet in our lives, in our day-to-day -day lives and while it's okay for us to have an off day or an off moment, we just, we really need to remember like who we are how we should be set apart and what we want people to see from us. We, want, we obviously want to, people to experience Jesus through us, right? We want them to experience Jesus. And that should be our, our goal is like, okay, what am I doing today and how are people gonna know Jesus? So think about this. God, the creator of the entire universe, he made the stars, the planets, the galaxies. He made all living things. He made plants and animals and created every single person who has lived, is living, or will live in the future. That same God created and formed all of you. He is with you. He cares for you. He makes sacrifices for you, and he calls you a son and daughter. He made all of you distinct. He made you unique in your own ways. If you've ever felt pressure to change and hide who you are, listen closely to what God says about you. You are beautiful, and you are wonderfully made. You are deeply loved by your creator, and you weren't designed to be just like everybody else. God made you distinct, okay? So, like, I'm just looking around in here. There's people with brown hair. There's people with white hair. There's people with no hair. Jeff. Um, 
So just, just remember, God made you guys distinct. So Ellie and I were talking about this, and we thought it'd be good for you guys to get out your phones or a journal or whatever you're using to take notes and just sit here for, I'll give you like 30 seconds, and just sit here and think about like, what are ways that God has made me distinct? What are things that have come to mind that, uh, in my life as a Christian that maybe I can work on? So instead of seeing this, people see Jesus in me. And so for me, I mean, things come to my mind. Jeff doesn't like that I said that. He's over there giving me a stink eye. <laughs> um, but just what, what has come to your mind throughout this? Write it down. And instead of just writing it down and keeping it to yourself, because I know it's easy to work on stuff and keeping it to yourself, it's also easy to forget about it and just move on. I would encourage you to tell a mentor or a friend or someone that you trust, like, hey, this is what I want to work on. I want to be distinct. I want to be set apart. But it's a lot easier to be motivated to work on something and better yourself as a Christian when you have someone else walking next to you. So, if you wrote those down, great. If you didn't, I would encourage you to do that at some point. And to sum all of this up, I'd say like two or three years ago, I don't remember why, I was just in like some emo mood or something. I was listening to some music and I decided to write a poem. You think that's funny, Paul? <laughs> So, and I'm thinking, God, how am I going to close this message? And I thought, hey, my poem might actually be a decent way to close it out. So here we go. Paul, don't laugh. So it's called, What If? What if our eyes were blind to race? What if the world was a better place? What if we tried to fix it with haste? What if we were all raised a little more spiritual, less about outward appearance and visual? What if our love for Jesus ran so deep we saw all differences as equal? What if people didn't tease us when we say the name Jesus? What if false prophets weren't praised? What if people weren't hazed because of what they look like? What if people weren't crazed? What if Christians stepped in? We're too busy convicting each other of sin to see the sick fighting for breath to see our children consuming death. How would our world be? What if we weren't affected by being rejected? Better yet, what if our perspective was accepted? What if people were respected? Would that make our objective more effective? What if the preachers and teachers weren't different creatures? What if everyone was the same and our lives were plain and there was no more pain? What if we let Jesus teach us? What if you let God touch your heart? What if we treated sin with disdain? What if we aren't insane? What if we are distinct? It makes me think, what if God is real, the sole God of Israel? What would the world be without the Holy Three known as the Trinity? What if I told you that he loves us all equally? What if I told you he died for you? What if he constantly cries for you? I'm sorry, you've been cheated and lied to. What if I told you he made us creatively and we're using our time so distastefully? This world's a gift and we've created a rift. We've gone adrift. What if we lifted our hands and gave him our plans? We are the creation of the creator, and I'm telling you that he'll be back later. What if people prayed more? What if this whole poem is lore? 
What if his people decided to be set apart? I hope at the end that I'll have done my part. What if he's opened a door and that door is your heart? What if you've seen through the screen? What if that screen is sin? And what if you find him? So I'll close in prayer. And then make sure you guys go to prayer. Yeah, where's the snaps, guys? Come on. <laughs> Lord, I just, I thank you for this opportunity to come up and speak. I just pray that you would help us all to open our hearts to you and to be distinct and accept the uniqueness that you have given us. Lord, I just pray that we are able to blend in and stand out at the same time and that when people look at us, the thing that they see in us is you, even if they can't put their finger on it, but that you stand out in all of us. So again, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the people that are being baptized and just the celebration that we can have after church. Um, Lord, just bless this week as we go into our uh, lives for the next six days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Dante. Thank you for reminding us of our distinctness in Christ, how we bear his unique identity that he's given to us. And throughout the week, guys, meditate on that. Ask God, what is my ministry voice that you've given to me? How should I display that in my everyday life? Think about that as you go. Again, if you're new here, come see me at the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you. Remember, there's prayer for Cindy over here. Also, 